mandate letters. Mandate letters. This is the uh, news that coming out of the uh, federal government. Uh, Justin Trudeau handing out mandate letters to his new cabinet ministers. And this has become a kind of a thing recently where, the, you know, the press sort of, you know, focuses in on this sort of thing, whether it's a mandate letter provincially or whether it's federally. And generally there is, they're meaningless. Uh, as meaningless as the speech from the throne, which is this other kind of weird thing that has developed recently where we pay attention, a lot of attention to what comes out of the speech from the throne. And mostly it's just a bunch of platitudes, doesn't mean anything. And then the opposition, the press says, well, there wasn't anything in there. That was a nothing burger. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's kind of what a speech from the throne is. And that's kind of what these mandate letters are too. Although what, it, what they do is they give an indication of what it is the government is flagging as a priority. Justin Trudeau's mandate letters went out to his 38 members of his cabinet. Uh, to talk about that and other issues federally and provincially as well, I'm pleased to welcome to the program Dr. Lori Turnbull, Associate Professor of Political Science at Dalhousie. Welcome to the program, Lori. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here. Uh, so we went through some of those uh, mandate letters yesterday, and uh, it, it seemed that you know the government has systemic inequities and racism on its mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as just to kind of get back to what you were saying in your opening, like it's hard sometimes to know what these mandate letters are really going to communicate, right? Like, well, we know what they communicate, but we're not necessarily sure what kind of impact it's all going to have. Sometimes there's as much to be read in what's there than what is not there. But yeah, I mean, like if you look at all 38 of them, you can get a sense of where kind of some general areas are that the prime minister wants to focus on and what he wants all the ministers to focus on. And so definitely um, systemic racism, racism is one of the issues that has come up here that, you know, is, is goes beyond the mandate of any single department. And if you're going to make any progress on it, it's got to be a team effort. Right. The other thing was the existential threat of climate change. Uh, yeah. And that's sort of a theme that runs through all of the mandate letters. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's been a big issue, I think, uh, for this government. Like, it's something that they've wanted to put down as as a piece that's very difficult to make progress on, and it's going to require international coordination and, as well as federal-provincial coordination. But in the appointment of uh, Minister Gilboa's environment minister, it, that was something that everybody looked at, said, oh, you know, the fact that this guy has had a, a history as an environmental activist, he's really you know, dug in on this file. Is this an indication that the Trudeau government really wants to do something different? And so, yeah, for sure. Like, that's one of the key issues, I think, and especially after COP26, there's a sense of how are they actually going to weave in progress on this and, and how are they planning that out? You know, according to the CP, and I'll just read this last line from the CP article, Trudeau is also requiring every minister to come up with a plan for implementing everything in their mandate letters and regularly report publicly on their progress. Uh, this will be the last we hear of these, is it not? Uh, sorry, this is going to be the last what? We must, this will be the last we hear of these letters. I mean, I, I just oh. I, I sometimes wonder about the accountability. I mean, we, we you know, we talk about, oh, here's a here's your mandate letter. But three years from now, I mean, some enterprising journalists will point out, well, hey, you didn't do all of these things. But is that really going to carry any weight with the public? It's interesting. I mean, like, I think people expect from government what they expect from government. People have their own priorities. Whether the mandate letters reflect those priorities is a different thing. Are people going to hold the government to account for making progress on something that they didn't necessarily care much about if they thought something else was more important? Like, I think, you know, there are things in people's minds like um, economic recovery, like, um, you know, managing the healthcare system, childcare, long-term care, 
those sorts of things are going to be high in people's minds, as is climate change and reconciliation and issues that are going to take, um, you know, government after government action in order to be able to solve or make even make any kind of progress on. People are going to hold the government to account, I really think, for the things that matter to them. Now, I think the release of the mandate letters publicly has created um, this sort of sense of result and delivery, right? Like, and this is how, this is one of the ways that politics has changed a lot over time in that we don't necessarily see parties coming out and saying, here is my grand vision for what I want Canada to be, who's with me. It's more, here are the things we're going to do and what it's going to cost. And so then the voters in this position of saying, okay, well, we're going to hold you to account for that and we'll go off, we'll go down the list and see what you've done. And then, you know, we use that as a framework for whether we're going to vote for you the next time. It's a bit transactional, to be honest, but it, it is a, you know, these letters, the publicity of the letters gives us some sense of where the government's mind is, and it gives the public service a sense of direction as well. Uh, let's uh, t- Speaking with Dr. Laurie Trimble, who is Associate Professor of Political Science at Dalhousie, let's turn our mind to uh, Bill 21, uh, Brampton saying that he is going to uh, uh, launch uh, a challenge to that. Toronto says it's in with some money. Uh, Justin Trudeau, in an interview with Canadian Press, says that uh, he doesn't want to use the notwithstanding clause. Uh, What's going on here? Should we be relying on municipalities to make this challenge? Yeah, I mean, like, this is a really interesting case of something that has happened inside a province really resonating outside the province. And there's there's pressure on the federal leaders, all of them, not just Trudeau, to take a clear stance on this. And if you don't agree with Bill 20, you know, Bill 21, then why aren't you taking a harder position against Quebec on it? And Aaron O'Toole is saying things like, you know, we don't agree with Bill 21, but we we believe in Quebec's right to manage its own affairs kind of thing. But, I, but this is the kind of issue that really resonates with people. And you can imagine, you know, having your kid's favorite teacher not being able to be in the classroom anymore because she wears a hijab. And so when people think about something like that, it's like, you know what, like that's, that's not fair. That's not something we want in our own community. And so we are going to be, you know, we're going to show solidarity. With, with that person, even though they're in another province, another jurisdiction. And so it's very interesting to see the leadership come from the municipal level as well. I mean, whether that's going to affect anything is a different story, but it's, you know, it's at least a sense that um, you know, this issue is definitely resonating outside the province. How's this going to play out? I mean, will Trudeau ever make a move? I mean, will any federal politician ever really say anything definitive on this? I mean, they're all realize that you're going to need votes from Quebec to be able to win. And that seems to be kind of, and you talk about transactional. I mean, my yeah. goodness. Well, that's it, right? Like, it's it's almost like, it, it was weird to see the dance that Trudeau has been doing with Legault, frankly, over the past year on a number of things. And this is seems to be another part of that. And we saw this issue really come to a head in the leaders' debates in the, in the election this past year, where there was a big conversation about um, you know, that a sort of sense of is, is there discrimination in Quebec? Is there the proper protection for visible minorities and religious expression? And the Prime Minister has said this week, you know, Quebecers believe in it. Quebecers believe in that right. And so it seems like he's trying to wedge a bit of a difference between Quebecers, Quebec society, Quebec culture on the one hand, and the reality of Bill 21 on the other. And at a certain point, you know, you've got, like, what's really going on there then, right? And if, and if the Prime Minister... I think, wants to take a clear position on it again. I mean, he's going to have to, like he's talking about possibly, like kind of leaving the option in his back pocket of asking the Supreme Court to weigh in on it. 
I don't know necessarily that the federal government can force the Quebec government to do anything, right? Like that's not the nature of the federal system we have. I think people are, are more looking towards, you know, what kind of leadership is the prime minister providing? Uh, Laurie, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much today. Thank you, too. Take care. That is Dr. Lori Turnbull with uh, Dalhousie University, a professor of political science.